1201. Wheels with you for the next hour. Coming up at the end of the hour, WTF. All of those stories which are interesting, they're insane, they're inconceivable. All the things that are percolating out there that make you say WTF. That's coming up. Something. This has been getting lots of play on CP24, on a lot of the channels, that there was a, a fight at Cabana Pool Bar. Well, no kidding. Have you ever been to Cabana Pool Bar before? A bunch of, like, juiced-up idiots drinking too many vodka waters, getting into it with the people around them, getting into it with security. Well, the security guard punched some guy in the face. Are you surprised? Have you dealt with security at a bar or a club? Yet a cabana on a Sunday or Saturday afternoon? That's not a WTF. It's called a weekend in Toronto. Fake news, people. Fake news. At Wheeler TSN on Twitter. Getting into a couple topics. The Blue Jays have decided to raise their ticket prices for next year. They did it last year. I mean, this is nothing new. The Blue Jays have continued to tinker with their tickets and the way they dish out and, and, and deal with their tickets. Like, it first started with the flex pack, where the flex packs actually became no flex packs. For ga- for less than 20 game packs, you used to be able to pick which games you wanted to see. Not anymore. You're forced to choose from all crap teams. So it's a preset series of games and dates. So there's really no flexibility. So you're just buying a package of games against all crappy teams. So I know a lot of people that used to be flex pack ticket holders that are like, no, like if if you're forcing me to go out and watch in the dog games, why am I going to buy the that package? A lot of people turned away. They raised ticket prices last year as well. Get this over the last four years, okay? And tell me if your salary has gone up accordingly. So since 2014 compared to what they will be in 2018, season's tickets for in-the-action seats have gone up 30%. They've gone up almost $6,900. Premium dugout seats have gone up 34%. Gone up almost $2,200. In four years! Field-level bases, almost $1,500. 200-level bases, $1,000. They just continue to go up and up and up. And 500-level seats, which once upon a time were the value. Yeah, you'd sit high, but at least you got into the ballpark. If you are a hardcore Blue Jays fan, you could at least get into the ballpark. Remember when there was like Toonie Tuesdays? When you can get in for cheap, but where they get you was at the concessions. Still pay for beer, still pay for food. So they're still making money off you, but they try to get people in the building. Seasons for 500-level seats... In 2014, were $635. 2018, 1336 They've gone up 110%. This is pinching and penny-pinching, more accurately, and taking away and not rewarding your fans who've continued to come out and support this team in record numbers. The way that we spend our entertainment dollar, I mean, time is money. And people are going out to watch the Blue Jays because, one, they've been winning over recent years. Two, it's been trendy. Three, it's what the young people have been doing around the city. 
Go to the ballpark. Have a few beers. Maybe get hammered. Maybe not. I don't know. It's become the it thing to do. But now the Blue Jays, all at the wrong time, are continuing to raise prices between 7 and 17% between this year and next. It's not right. This is the last place team in the American League East we're talking about here. I mean, I, I can't defend tickets going up on any level because I think that all sports are becoming more and more for the elite, where the average fan who loves that team is part of their everyday consumption. You're listening to Sports Talk Radio. I mean, you're not necessarily the Bay Street guy that's getting tickets from your employer to go do business inside the building. You're the person that would like to go, but you have a real life, you have a real job, and maybe if the tickets were a little bit cheaper, maybe you'd elect to go. The Blue Jays are 49 and 57 and trending in the right wrong in the wrong direction, sorry. They were sellers to a certain degree at the trade deadline. And there's other players who are going to go next year and not come back. Maybe for the better. But Bautista, he's done. Estrada, who knows? I mean, it it actually makes a lot of sense for the Blue Jays to buy low. Because this is what they prefer to do. And I get why. Buy low on Estrada. Hope that he bounces back next year. I can see that scenario playing out. But there's inherent risk to a pitcher that's entering his mid-30s. There just is. Father time always wins. And Marco Estrada, he was great over two years. You can say he overachieved. He did something he was unable to do into his 30s elsewhere, which was become an, you know, a borderline elite-level starting pitcher. So when he gives some back, we shouldn't be surprised. Is Smoke going to be able to do what he did next year? I, like, I look at the Blue Jays in their holes for next year. They're going to need at least two outfielders. Unless you think... Nori, don't call me Steve Aoki, is going to be able to fill that hole. Sorry, Scruzzi, I had to do it. He's going to fill that hole. If you think that Steve Pierce, because he had two grand slams in a week, which was awesome, which was historic, I'm not hitting out at Pierce, but we all know what he is and what he isn't. Good role player, right? Bench player on a good team. If you think he can be an everyday or a platoon, then, then maybe you only need one. You can make the argument you need to upgrade center field as well. So potentially you could need three outfielders. If you actually want to have a decent outfielder uh, and a decent outfield, not the worst outfield in all of Major League Baseball. Because that's what the Blue Jays have right now. The worst outfield in Major League Baseball. You need at the very least a competent backup at both shortstop and second base. Tulo's a band-aid. He can't stay healthy, yet people still let a 32-year-old player off the hook Because he's aging, man. His best years are behind him. He's 32, for crying out loud, not 42. The way people take it lightly on Tulo is beyond me. For a guy who's making $20 per. It's a joke. I hope that Devin Travis can stay healthy. No guarantees. You're hoping for a bounce back for Josh Donaldson. But would the Blue Jays be better off trading him? I'm not buying the fact that the Blue Jays are committed to bringing Josh Donaldson back long-term. Their best positional player, their best prospect is Vlad Guerrero Jr. Guess what position he plays? Third base. Last time I checked, still playing third base in the minor leagues. He's going to be ripe to come up. Some people are even suggesting next year you might want to bring him up early. They're not going to bring back Donaldson. They might tell you they're interested in bringing back Donaldson. Meanwhile, it's going to be the Edwin Encarnacion treatment. 
Here's a contract. We're going to give it to you on our terms. Unwilling to budge. We'll take it off the table. You'll end somewhere else. And we'll spin it like we wanted you back. They really made Edwin Encarnacion a priority. They would have had their best player back with the team this year. Instead, Edwin's in Cleveland, a first-place team. Go figure. Is Justin Smoke an illusion, Michael? This is just a, a case of catching fire? Kind of like Michael Saunders did the first half of last season. There's no sure thing when it comes to Justin Smoke next year. I would have sold high at the deadline. Maybe they'll wait till the offseason to sell high. Tulo's immovable. Russell Martin's immovable. You're going to have to bring in at least three starting pitchers because Estrada's a free agent. Liriano, he know. And you can't go into the season knowing that players are going to go down through injury without bringing in at least another starting pitcher. It was a big flaw, a big-time mistake by this front office during the offseason not to bring in starting pitching depth. Instead, they brought in the Matt Latoses and the Mike Bolsingers of the world. Like, come on. For a team that's supposed to contend, is that really good enough? In terms of depth starting pitching? And we found out that answer really quickly. Absolutely not. So when you put that whole crap sandwich together, it doesn't paint or make for a delicious type scenario next year. So they're jacking ticket prices up a team that's going to go through a rebuild, a reset, a rejig, a re-whatever. That's not right. But I've I've bigger concerns, and it's not just doesn't just pertain to the Blue Jays. It's all professional sports, as it costs more to consume the product. Whether it be going down to the ballpark, going down to the rink, going down to the arena, consuming on cable, whatever it is, it's going to alienate a large chunk of the fan base who simply cannot afford to do so. And while the leagues and the players continue to rack up and make incredible sums of money, it's on your backs, people. It's on the backs of the fans. The NBA the NBA better watch where they're going. The fact that Kyle Lowry is going to make $33 million a year. Why? Because he can. I mean, instead of the NBA sacrificing, taking away money from the players and or the teams taking a little bit of a hit, by dropping ticket prices. Instead, it's just going to the player. It's over, or it's excessive greed. That's what it is. There's no way any basketball player, no way anyone should be making $33 million a year. That's just that's just from where I sit. I mean, you could make the case like the transformational, the transcendent players like LeBron James. Okay, I can hear you. Kyle Lowry making 33 What? And I get that's how the system works, but the system doesn't reward or alleviate the cost from you, the fan. So it's us that are paying for it. I just wonder whether we're going to come to a point, and, and James Duthie made this comment last hour, it's up to fans just not to show up, which is a very difficult ask because people want to go out and be entertained. They relate. They love these teams. You shouldn't have to pay out of your you-know-what to support something that you love, something that represents our city, your team. So instead of players maybe making a little bit less, it's on your shoulders. 
It's up to you fans to pay for it. I just wonder if there'll ever be a time where there is mass protest. Where supporters groups or fan groups, they get together and say enough of this staging in arena, in stadium protests about the ticket prices. I guess you need to be able to get into the stadium first and foremost. Because the more that corporations buy up tickets to use for sales meetings, the less tickets are available for you and they continue to drive up the price. So the problem right now is cyclical. It's not just about the Blue Jays. It's just our approach to the prices of tickets, the prices of consuming, which isn't right. And it just lacks wherewithal for me, from where I sit, this is my opinion, I don't know you can tell me if I'm wrong. You can, 416-870-1050. That is 416-870-1050. Toll free at 1-855-591-6876. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me why clubs should just take away from you, the fan, and make make your decision whether to go to the ballpark that much more difficult by continuing to raise ticket prices. Are you willing to do anything to put a stop to this? It's it's tough telling a fan not to go out and support their team. That's what it's all about. Sports just continue to skew towards the elite and not the blue-collar fan. And, and, and that is a significant problem. So cast your vote at Wheeler TSN on Twitter. Will ticket prices be going up? Will that keep you away from the ballpark? Are you going to continue to go? Well, you only go if the team's good. Let me know. 416-870-1050. The text is 105050. The email live at tsn1050.ca. Um, the other question I raised, and I don't want to talk Colin Kaepernick because this story is driving me mad. I mean, if we're going to make that big of a deal for a backup quarterback, then God forbid. Like, I get how it's unjust. I get how Colin Kaepernick is wrongly being made an example of he's not that good that's the biggest problem then it's all that other crap i don't want to get into kaepernick because the story is just being beaten to death but what's interesting to me is that the baltimore ravens when thinking about bringing in a backup and they need one have pulled and surveyed and asked their fans what they think about kaepernick coming into the team and the fans don't want him largely the fans don't want him the, the players on the team want him A lot of people in the media want him. Fans don't care. Imagine if that was the scenario for you and your teams. If you support the Jays, if you support the Leafs, if you support the Raptors, if you support the New England Patriots, if you support Manchester City, if you support the Los Angeles Lakers. Name me one player that you would want. You would tell the front office to get rid of your from your team. And why? Do it. The floor is yours. 416-870-1050. Toll free at 1-855-591-6876. If you could get rid of one player from a team you support, a team you love, who would that player be and why? It could be based upon moral grounds. It could be based upon production or lack thereof. It could be based upon contract, salary. Maybe you just don't like the guy. The way that he plays the game. But who would that player be? Why would you take them away? Name one, 416-870-1050. And toll free at 1-855-591-6876. Imagine if this was the scenario. 
If all teams made like the Baltimore Ravens, so a free agent comes on the market, they say to you, yay or nay? Thumbs up or thumbs down? It's very much like Roman times. Remember the movie Gladiator? Shall he live or shall he die? Thumb up or thumb down? It's what it's kind of like. We're going to play that out right now. The text is send fifty fifty. The email is live at tsn1050.ca. Text writing in, Matt Martin. Matt Martin for the Maple Leafs is a popular pick. Dan hit me up. Matt Martin blocking a spot in the lineup for younger, much better players like Kapanen and Levo. The players on the team love him. Matt Martin brings something else to the table, which some of the other skill forwards who are with the Marlies do not bring, but Matt Martin's a logical choice. I've had multiple people bring on Matt Martin's name on Twitter as well. What player would you get rid of on your team? 416-870-1050 and toll free at 1-855-591-6876. Let's go to Toronto. We're in Toronto, but let's stay here. Ryan, you're on Toronto today. What's going on today, Ryan? Hey, man. How you doing? Good, pal. Who you get rid of? Is that where you want to go or do you want to talk Jays? I want to talk tickets. Let's go tickets. Let's tickets. Uh, I'd get rid of Matt Martin, I guess. <laughs> you had to hold me over the. You had to. If you had to make me pick someone, I guess. Okay. Football guy. Um, I think when it comes to tickets, though, and they're raising ticket prices, it doesn't really matter. Like if uh, if the prices, if the market dictates that the tickets are too cheap, then they're going to end up on StubHub and getting slated. Anyways, if the ticket prices are too high, if the if the organization is charging too much money. People don't buy them and they don't go. Okay, so so you have no problem with ticket prices going up because you prefer to buy on the secondary market anyways. No, I don't prefer to buy on the secondary market. I think it's just a personal... I mean, I think in a a free market system like we live in in Canada and like uh, the ticket thing has provided through StubHub, it's uh, like if people are willing to pay 100 bucks a, a, a ticket, then... You know, then that's what's going to happen. I'm not willing to pay that, right? For sure, not for not for the Blue Jays, anyways. But here, here's where I'm standing, Ryan. But you should be able to pay for tickets at an affordable price if you want to be a fan. I mean, that that's the problem here is that there's a clear separation from corporations who can afford to do these things and do what they want and don't bring the energy. It doesn't bring the true fans into the stadium. Then there's people like you who are left on the outside looking in, looking for deals on StubHub instead of just getting your season tickets and being rewarded for being a hardcore fan that you are. I I agree with that. Well, you can see uh, what happens in the lower bowl at Leafs games. And it's been, uh, you know, that's been a discussion for years. Right. And that's, and that's not going to change. Uh, that's, that's unfortunate. With the, it is very unfortunate, and that's going to happen with the Blue Jays. So, you know what? I am pissed off. Let's. <laughs> it's all good, man. Let's like stop, stop raising ticket prices. Exactly, especially uh, for losing but, teams. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, well, and if they're raising the if they're raising the uh, the payroll every year, well, I don't know. Hey, you, you made your okay you made your point, Ryan. Thanks for the phone call. Four one six eight seven zero ten fifty. Toll free at one eight five 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 nine one six eight seven six. Phil in Don't Speak of the Brampton. What's going on in Brampton today, Phil? Oh, you know, it's a beautiful day. You see the blue skies, nice white clouds. You know, 
Oh, boy. Brought, this weather update brought to you by Phil. Uh, <laughs> hey, man, how you been doing, man? I've been really uh, really praying for you lately uh, for strength, man, going through what you're going through. Thanks, so buddy. I hope I'd, everything's good. I had scans yesterday, so I'll figure out what's going on in the coming it's, days. Uh, but thanks for your thoughts and prayers. Really appreciate it. So uh, my guys that I would uh, cut, well, it would come from the Raptors. I've been following them lately uh, a lot more intently for the past five, six years, but... I'm so glad they got rid of Terrence Ross. Like, you don't even understand. I was, like, jumping for joy in my house. And I feel it's going to be the exact same way with uh, JV. Because the thing is, I don't mind the way, you know, JV plays. I actually really like him. And as a person, seriously, I wish he would stay. But, my God, I'm so tired of people constantly saying, oh, just wait till next year. Oh, just wait till next year. He's going to make the jump. He's going to make... It's okay if these players aren't like, you know, Michael Jordans or they aren't, uh, you know, Grant Hills or they aren't these, you know, great players. But the thing is, stop trying to oversell them. They are what they are. Like, Terrence Ross couldn't hit a single three-point shot if he wanted to hit it. It was when he got the ball without asking for it that he kept hitting the threes. Whenever he got for the ball, he kept missing. And it was constant, the same crap. And it was JB. I love the guy. I just wish that people would stop upselling him. He's not Phil, and, that, you know. and you hit the nail on the head here. And, and this is a topic that is near and dear to me. I have no problem with people saying, well, just wait on this guy if there's something to wait for. But it's the continual overselling. It's, it's, the, it's, it's too much PR. And it, it's yeah. like, and, and it, I think it's disingenuous. Like, you can't sell me a piece of crap and tell me that it doesn't stink. Like, that's, well, and, and I'm not saying that, that that's the case with that player, yeah. but that's what Ross Atkins has done with next year's Blue Jays team. He still thinks they can contend. Well, what's he looking at? What's he smoking? Well, you know, like, I just think that that is completely disingenuous, but you see it time and time with certain players. We'll just wait. We'll just wait. Do you know what that does? It just buys the executive. It buys the team time. And I don't know about you. I, 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 I for the most part, am a win-now kind of guy. I'm not about tear it down and rebuild it and promise something well, for the future, which may or may not happen. I'm okay with the rebuild. I really am. I'm on board with teams actually trying to do things like, as opposed to the least for the past 15 years, like they actually decided to do something, you know, and, and the rebuild, okay, they lucked out with getting Austin Matthews and everything, but, you know, the proper picks before Nylander and Marner, like these were good, solid picks before the quote-unquote rebuild, but I'm okay with a rebuild. It's just stop, like year after year, all you're doing is saying, you know, just wait, just wait. You're just frustrating the fan base. And it's like we're constantly thinking, okay, maybe next year he'll step up. Well, Justin Smoke is finally stepping up, but did you hear for the past three or four years them saying, just wait, just wait? No. It's a nice surprise when something awesome happens. Totally with you. Thanks for the phone call, Phil. Really good stuff. 416-870-1050. Rob Longley, uh, Post Media, is going to join me in about eight minutes' time. Let's go to David in Toronto. What's going on today, Dave? Dave, how you doing, man? It's It's your boy. What's yes, going you, on, man? How are you? Good, man. Good. Good to hear from you, man. Listen, your rant on the Jays, let me tell you, that's the best thing I've heard in the longest time. I, I spend some time listening to the other guys. They're there trying to break down the Jays and, and trying to analyze them, and you're here just ripping them apart, and I absolutely love it, okay? You're holding people accountable that have to be held accountable, and when it comes to them raising the ticket prices, that is absolutely ridiculous, man. I'm a season ticket holder TFC, 
$500 for the entire season, okay? That's, what, 30 some dollars a ticket? I go, the, the beer costs more at the games than the tickets do. It's amazing. I'm, I'm in and out in two hours. I know what I'm getting. It's nonstop action, okay? And the team is winning, and yep. they're performing, okay? And, 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 and for the Jays, the Raptors, the Leafs, what are you getting for your value? You're getting nothing. You know, I, I can sit back and watch the games and know what's going to happen already. You know, and I turn on, I listen to my boy Garris, and I'm gonna, I know he's going to break him down the right way. But <laughs> the TSC does it the right way. Everyone else, forget about it, man. Thanks for the phone call, Dave. Appreciate it. Look, like, it's about value for your dollar. And if ticket prices do go up to a certain degree, you as a fan, you're the one that asks yourself, well, what am I getting for that? Am I getting priority in terms of where I'm sitting? And I'm getting meet and greets with the players. Am I getting special access? What more am I getting? And if the answer, well, is, well, you're getting a team that's probably going to lose more next year. But come on out anyways, because it's a good time. I'm not sure if that's an adequate sell. It's not about holding people accountable. It's just so many times you just hear people justifying things that make no sense. The fans need a voice in this process. Fans have no choice. What an option that fans are given. You can either come out and support your team, which you're dying, which you want to do, but sorry, you need to pay more to do it, so what's your choice going to be? How do you say no? And I don't blame fans for paying more money to get into a building to support the team that they love, but that shouldn't be the option. That shouldn't be the choice that they face each and every year. The ticket prices continue to go up. It's just not right. And you're keeping hardcore fans out of the building that simply can't afford it. I want to read a quick text before we go to break, and Rob Longley is going to join me on the program. Uh, Where is it? Dan from Brampton hits me up. I make pretty good money for a single person. And even with me making pretty decent money, I can't afford to go to any more than perhaps one Maple Leafs game a year. And if I choose, I could go to a few baseball games. But I'll watch them from home because it doesn't cost me anything. And I can't stand hearing football or baseball or basketball players complain that they're not making enough money. Try being a normal person and make what we make, and then you can complain to me about making enough money. That's the thing. If you're making $33 million a year... It's just incredible, yet there's no reprieve on fans for the ticket prices that they'll pay. Something at some point's got to give. We're living in a bubble, and my fear is that it's going to burst. Common sense needs to come into place here. You just can't keep on charging more and more and more and continue to hope that fans will continue to show up. It's a great conversation. We'll continue to have it. WTF. Coming up at the top of the clock. But first, Rob Longley. Blue Jays, somewhat active at the trade deadline. Buster Olney of ESPN gave them a D+. What does Rob Longley give them? I'll ask him next. This is TSN 1050. Ross Atkins will join Scotty Mack, Dave Fezchuk on Overdrive today at 5.30 p.m. What do you think he's going to say? Was actually more candid than he usually is, typically is yesterday after the non-waiver trade deadline went by. I mean, I think it speaks volumes that there's no interest in Batista whatsoever. Keeps the door open on Estrada. Think there might be still some negotiating wiggle room there. Estrada could go. 
I mean, you can make trades till the end of the month, just the player needs to clear waivers. So we shall see. Gareth Wheeler with you. This is Toronto Today, TSN 1050. So the Jays trade away Liriano, trade away Joe Smith. Buster Olney, ESPN, came on Naylor and Landsberg this morning, and he gave the Blue Jays what grade coming off the trade deadline? Yesterday, I gave him a D plus. It was the fourth lowest grade out of the 30 teams in baseball. I don't really blame them in the front office for this. Uh, I think they were incredibly unlucky, as we talked about last week, with so many of their impending free agents having miserable seasons, which cut into their trade value. Um, but you can't get around the fact that uh, you know they you're not going to get much in return when Aliriano's having a bad year, when an Estrada's having a bad year, when a Jose Batista's having a bad year. That was absolutely uh, devastating for them. And and let's face it, uh, yeah, you get Aoki, you you know team control helps you in the outfield. But it's not that much of an upgrade and didn't change the trajectory into 2018. And that would have, would have been your biggest goal going into this trade deadline. Period. ESPN's Buster Olney not changing trajectory. That's what stood out in that conversation right there. So what grade did our does our next guest give the Blue Jays for the work that they got done? It's my good buddy Rob Longley from Post Media Toronto Sun. Does a great job covering the Toronto Blue Jays at Longley Sun on Twitter. So Professor Longley, what grade are you giving the Blue Jays? Well, apparently I'm not uh, as tough a grader as, as the esteemed uh, Mr. Longley is. I'd give them a C, uh, and the only reason I'd give them a C, Wheels, is I'm not so sure what they could have done. I mean, they, they actually did what I thought they would be able to do, and that is get rid of uh, Smith and Liriano and get at least something in return. And I didn't really think they'd be able to move Marco Estrada based on his performance and what would be the upside of moving him at that point. I mean, if he does pick it up like he did last night, you can, you can still get rid of him before August and maybe get something more in return. Um, I'm sure they kicked the tires on Jose Bautista, but really who's going to want Jose Bautista in the lineup as, as you've talked about on, on the show already today. I mean, based on performance, he's not an acquisition that's necessarily going to get you over the hump. And I think really there wasn't much that they could do and they did exactly what I expected. That's why I give them the passing grade of C. Okay. Um, I would have gone in another Direction And one of Buster Olney's concerns was now you take Josh Donaldson off. You don't trade Donaldson yet. And if you tr- explore trading him next offseason, then essentially the team that's trading for him has one year of Josh before he goes out there to get a new contract. If you really want to change the trajectory, then Donaldson would have been on the market, as would a Justin Smoke. And this would have been the absolute case of selling high on that player. And I think the Blue Jays need to choose. What are they doing? Like this ad hoc, reset, rebuild, retool, whatever you want to call it. Don't you need to choose one path? Whether you're really going to be able to, to, to kind of sell off, get some true assets in return. Because for me, just making these lateral moves is just denying the inevitable. You're probably right. And I think what they've, what they've decided is they're, their course of action wheels is to, to, make, to, to build a bridge. And we've seen time over time in any professional sport that bridge building rarely works. You either go all in or you, uh, you, you start from scratch. And I, I mean, the conundrum as we've discussed uh, in the past is the, is the ownership of this team. They can't afford to alienate TV viewers. They, they, they survive on that over at Rogers as a marketing vehicle. They can't afford to, undo all the good they've done with this team over the past two or three years. 
The Blue Jays are such a hot sports marketing property in this country right now. And I'm not just talking about Southern Ontario. I'm talking from Victoria Island to Cape Breton Island. It's, it's Canada's team, probably more so than any franchise in this country. And they've built up this empire of interest. And, 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 and I'm sure part of their business model is we can't, we can't afford to alienate too many of, of these people. And the problem that comes with that, of course, is... Are you going to be a middling team over the next six or seven years? And how many of those fans are you going to lose anyway? Sure. And the way I look at it, Rob, and you deal with Blue Jays fans all the time, this is an intelligent fan base. Like these players, these fans know what they're watching. And they don't need to be told that the team's old, rather slow, they've been sloppy this year, and they have holes in certain positions. I really think that the fan base would understand if you can inject some life, some energy in this team, and if you properly explained the moves and why you need to make them. Instead, there's still this conversation, this narrative that's being pushed out there. You gotta sign Donaldson long term. You gotta do this. Last year was you gotta bring back Bautista. It's like at some point something's gotta give where proper baseball decisions are gonna be made based upon building a proper team on the field, not just selling tickets. Yeah, a couple of things there, Wills. I, I, I agree with you on Donaldson, but the problem with Donaldson is, is he's, he is uh, cost management. He hasn't had the kind of year that you need to have to be, uh, to be marketable in terms of getting fair. full yep. value in return. return. So I, I can see why you wouldn't necessarily move him right now. As for the fan base, I think you hit on something that's a real undersold story with this team. The Blue Jay fan base, as big as it is, as I just talked about, is a really smart fan base yeah. and a very, it's a very, it's one of the things I've noticed about being on this beat is, you know, people are very passionate about it, but they're not like jump on the bandwagon or rant and rave passionate like they are about the Maple Leafs. They're, they're, they're a fairly intuitive audience right now. And, and I think they do understand the game. They've certainly learned to understand the game over the past couple of years. And, you know, it, it's a, a wide range. It's a young audience, which is what you want. And it's, and it's an intelligent audience. So yeah, I think maybe we're not giving, uh, the Blue Jays fan base enough credit that they wouldn't under that they would possibly understand uh, a major shakeup at this point. However, I don't I don't know I don't know how you go about that. Do you do you get rid of Donaldson? I mean, if, if players were if teams were kicking around kicking the tires on on Justin Smoke, I'm sure the Jays would have listened. But it's hard, you know. What are what are other teams going to offer for him at this point based on 120 110 games of, of sensational play? Um, He's got a great contract. He's got a great contract, Rob. I just want that yeah. was one name. I'm not even sure if they floated him out there. But that would have been a guy. It would have been a, an absolute case of selling high. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? And no, and no. those are the sorts of players who aren't in the long term plans of this organization or shouldn't be. I mean, you want to get younger. Trading a Justin Smoke, well, you can get younger. And it might not play well over the next year or two, but when Guerrero Jr., when Bichette's, when these players of the world come, that's your timeline. That's when you're looking to strike. So it's not about just trading Justin Smoke just for the fun of it to create a spot because that's not what it's all about. It's more so bringing back assets that are more in line when you can once again contend. The Smoke situation really intrigued me because and I've been fascinated by his story this year. You know, When I took over in the winter, all I read about was how the team would be a disaster if they had to go with Justin Smoke at first base. And right. one of the great things about doing covering sports is when you see a story of redemption like that, and he's been a sensational story. However, he is 30 years old, and he is at the peak uh, the peak value of his career. So if, if you can get some assets in return, and you mentioned uh, 
Bichette and Guerrero, well, they have a first baseman in waiting in Buffalo in Rowdy Tellez. Mm -hmm. He's not ready yet, but he's going to be ready around the same time that those other two guys uh, are ready to, to, to have an impact in this lineup. So you don't necessarily look at Justin Smoke as your long-term first baseman. And I'd like to hope that if management had some serious uh, offers on him yesterday, they would have at least considered it uh, quite seriously because, you know, the old buy, buy low, sell high, he's he's never been more valuable than, than at any point in his career. Right. Uh, Rob Longley joining us here on TSN 1050. I am Wheels. And, that, and this gets back to Josh Donaldson. I think you raise a good point that you wouldn't necessarily be selling high in terms of what Donaldson's done. In terms of production this year, he has really struggled. And we've talked about this before, whether it be injury or otherwise, we haven't seen the best of Donaldson this year. Keeping him now, okay, I get that argument, but I have a really hard time believing that the Blue Jays are going to want to sign him to a long-term contract. He's going to be 33. It's much the case like Edwin Encarnacion, where it wouldn't surprise me if they throw at a contract his way that could be under market, then end up pulling it back and then going in another direction, much like they did with Edwin Encarnacion. Because Edwin, for me, should have been a priority for this team. With with Donaldson, though, I think it might be a different scenario because you have Guerrero Jr. coming through the ranks. Yeah, again, a good point, Wheels. Um, Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins tend to keep things close to their best in terms of any any sort of revealing public comments. But if you read the tea leaves, I mean, these guys are very much in, in, into analytics like m- many in baseball management are these days. But they're, they're also, it's pretty clear to me anyway, that their intention is to get younger. Um, and they're going to do it bit by bit. I mean, they do have these prospects coming up. But beyond that, they want to build the system so that uh, it, it'll, it'll be a steady pipeline, kind of like what we're starting to see in Cleveland right now. And, of course, they were partly responsible for, for the growth of that team. So one by one, you're going to see you're going to see these guys, uh, these older guys leave. Obviously, Jose Bautista is not going to be around next year. Morales is just a stopgap guy at DH, and if they could upgrade there, they would probably do that. Donaldson is is a, is a great case. I mean, he's going to be asking for the world of money, and are they going to want to really give him that kind of term and that kind of money so that he's they're still paying him when he's a, when he's a forty year old? I'm not so sure if that's what they want to do. Uh, I think the trend that the management believes. Um, is, is their route to success is the trend that we're seeing in baseball, and it's becoming a younger man's game. And I think that's the direction they want to head in. It's just difficult to do it at this point. Good stuff, buddy. Uh, one trade deadline done. The second one coming up at the end of August. It could be a long end of summer here. I'm not going to lie to you for you, your coverage of the Toronto Blue Jays. Like last place in the division, not much hope. Uh, good luck with that, pal. <laughs> Well, it's funny. You know what? I mean, I've been asked to cover the Jays earlier in my career as well, and and I pondered it. And and one of the greatest fears I had about covering baseball is what are you going to do from August 15th on when your your team is 14 and a half games out? And and it, it will be a challenge, but as the baseball people tell me all the time, the beauty of it is there's a new game every day, so at least you have something in front of you to write about and talk about. But, yeah, I expect it's going to be a, le- a lean remainder of the season for sure, Wheels. Well, we'll be following along, pal, at Longley Sunsport on Twitter. It's Burlington Zone, the mayor of Burlington, Rob Longley, joining us here on TSN Today. Thanks for this, pal. Hey, my pleasure. Get well. Keep well, Wheels. We're all, we're all well pulling for you. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Rob Longley, good buddy. Toronto Sun, Post Media, doing work on those Toronto Blue Jays. The decisions ahead for the Jays, you know, 
whether Estrada is traded in, in in August or not, we'll see. The heavy lifting now will be done in the off season. Ross Atkins is joining Overdrive at five thirty. I hope that Scotty Mack and Fezchuk have Ross state his case why he actually thinks the Blue Jays can contend, be a really good ball club in twenty eighteen. He said it last week. I was shocked he said it. Does he know something that we don't know? I hope he could try to explain that a little bit more because on paper, yikes, it ain't looking pretty. WTF is coming up next. Got some solid stories to bring your way. A boa constrictor versus woman on the phone. Yeah, I can't even make that up. And dude, where's my car? Happened in real life. We'll get to that next. Your boy Wheels with you, TSN 1050. Didn't get into the whether we should have MVP awards conversation or not. Houston Rockets general manager Daryl Morey says nine. Done with them. Maybe we'll save that for tomorrow's show. Should we just get rid of individual awards if we don't like the outcomes? Or is there a better way of deciding who should be the MVP? Who should be the most improved player? Gareth Wheeler with you. At Wheeler TSN on Twitter. Uh, we'll bring you the... Final results from her poll question as well, all to do with Blue Jays ticket prices. Uh, Mike Hogan coming up next on the Scott MacArthur Show. Hoagie, when you do this show, you don't do WTF, do you? No? I don't think he's listening. Hoagie, you can do WTF when I'm not here, pal. Do the WTF when I'm not here. The kids love it, and we'll show you why right about now. They defeat the Toronto Blue Jays 19-1. to Oh, that's nasty. You come to the rink to see something maybe you've never seen before. And that might be one of those moments. It's only two dudes better than me. And I'm both of them. Stay off the weed. W-P-F. All right, we're going to start with a couple non-sports stories. Remember that movie, Dude, Where's My Car? It was like Stifler and Ashton Kutcher. What does mine say? Dude! They lose their car. All sorts of crazy exploits. That kind of played out in real life. An absent-minded teenager has been reunited with his car three days after forgetting where he had parked it. Gavin Strickland's vehicle was eventually found after his parents posted an online appeal for help in tracing the car of their, quote, doofy son. The 19-year-old from Syracuse, New York, had made the 250-mile journey to Toronto to see Metallica play last Sunday night. However, at the end of the concert, he couldn't remember where he parked his blue Nissan Verda sedan. He then spent a fruitless night walking around Toronto trying to find the garage where he left his car. I forgot where his car was. Does that ever happen to you? Like, usually I forget, but I know the vicinity. Dude, where's my car? I wonder if that has something more to do with what he was consuming at Metallica, more so than anything else. Probably good news that he didn't drive back to Syracuse. A woman shocked a 911 operator in Ohio when she called in to report that she had a five-foot-long snake wrapped around her neck. Quote, I have a boa constrictor stuck to my face 
the Sheffield Lake woman said on the call, according to Cleveland.com, she added the snake had latched onto her nose and she was unable to pry the mouth open. On the call, this dispatcher was heard saying, never heard of this before. Like, you got to deal with a lot of crazy stuff when you're a 911 operator. But what do you tell someone with a boa constrictor wrapped around their face? My God, that's unreal. How about this? Jersey sponsorship coming to the NBA. Raptors are going to have Sunlight Financial. How about this? Manchester United, Scrizzy, our team, will reportedly wear the sponsor Tinder for £12 million per year. That's like $25 million Canadian. They're understood to have uh, had sponsorship discussions with the online dating service Tinder. The Silicon Valley company are said to be interested in becoming United Sleeve Sponsor. Would you have that? Tinder on your sports jersey. You got a problem with that? Well, the way the rest been screwing over United players the last two years, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Swipe right. Nice. Tinder on the sleeve. Okay. Conor McGregor's infamous pinstripe suit. The one that says bleep you on it. You can buy it for $6,500. It's a three-piece suit. It's custom designed by David August. But due to high demand, this is what cracks me up, high demand, the company has decided to make it available to the public for a limited time. Orders will take 12 to 15 weeks to complete. Where is it acceptable for you to wear a suit that says bleep you on it? Like where, you can spend 6,500 bucks on it, but where are you wearing that suit? Halloween? I just you can't go to a job interview with bleep you on your suit. All right, just apparently people have a lot more money than I have. Czech soccer side Victoria Pilsen have unveiled unique new dugouts in the shape of beer cans. Pilsen, who've won the Czech first league in four of the past seven seasons, have come up with the idea as a new inventive way to sell advertising space at their stadium. The dugouts were commissioned by Pilsen as part of a deal with brewery firm Gambrinus. Like, they actually look like beer cans. Like, on the side of the dugout, it's like the tab where you can open up the beer. Incredible. Doesn't even bother me. I'm amazed. 60 to 1. Imagine losing 60 to 1 in football. The Hamilton Tiger Cats, Oski Wee Wee, they lost 60 to 1 in Calgary. They, if they got the Rouge, you should just take it away. They don't even deserve the Rouge. 60 nothing. It's the worst defeat for the Tiger Cats since 1956, an 82-14 loss in Montreal. Ugly. Finally, there's a movie, Bjorg McEnroe, that's going to be opening up TIFF, the Toronto Film Festival. It's biopic, starring, this is where I have a real problem, Shia LaBeouf is playing the role of John McEnroe. I know they're both loose cannons, but come on, you can't find a better actor than Shia LaBeouf? And that's what's going to open up TIFF? Gross. Organizers made the announcements on Monday, announcement Monday, noting that this will be the world premiere of Borg McEnroe. It tells the story of the epic rivalry between epi- uh, the American tennis star and Sweden's Bjorn Borg. If Shia LaBeouf is opening up TIFF, I have serious concern for the film festival. Yikes. Those were your today's WTFs. Wow, that's messed up. Shia LaBeouf is messed up. That's all for us today. Oh, yeah, our final poll questions. The Blue Jays, their ticket price increases will 
Make you stay, make you go, make you go more. Final results really quickly. 33% say they'll only go if the Jays are good. 30% say they'll go less. 26% say they won't go. 11 it won't bother them. They're still going to games. Thanks to Scrizzy. Thanks to Keith Bauer. Mike Hogan, he's up next on the Scott MacArthur Show. It's been a pleasure. Check you later, Toronto.